Hello and welcome to this episode of The Coaching Podcast from British Canoeing Awarding Body. Hi, welcome everyone. Um, This is the British Canoeing Awarding Body Coaching Podcast. My name is Lee Pooley. I'm the Director of Coaching and Qualifications here at British Canoeing and uh, I am delighted to be able to continue this mini-series that we've been looking at And this is all based around what's in your buoyancy aid and what's in your boat. But for some disciplines, that could obviously be what's on your board or what's in your raft. I'm delighted today to be joined by John, John Best. Hi, John. Hi, Lee. John, just for the listeners, do you want to give us a bit of a a short bio uh, about yourself? Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's funny, actually, because I was just before I came up, I'm I'm at Pleasant Brennan at the moment. And um, before I came up uh, to meet with you, I was chatting to Chris Evans. And it's funny because we grew up paddling together, so it ties in quite well. Um, so I grew, I grew up uh, in South London, of all places, the whitewater mecca that is. But it was really close to the Thames, and there was a little outdoor adventure base, like a local authority run. I had an adventure base there called Thames Young Mariners, and um, in the school holidays, but my dad kind of pushed me off there, and that's where I went and uh, did sailing and kayaking and all that sort of stuff. But um, I remember seeing um, a couple of guys, Chris Evans being one of them, who who was playing around in back then. It would be like really old school playboats, you know. And I was paddling this big kind of tank of a kayak around. Thought it was really cool doing bow rudders, and then I saw him doing some flat water tricks. In, in, I was like, wow, that's that's really cool. And so I had a go at that, and that's kind of that lit the the fuse, I guess, for my freestyle kayaking. And whitewater kayaking as a, as, as a whole, really. So ended up um, getting a freestyle boat and started doing that. And then somehow ended up on the GB freestyle team <laughs> at age of 16. So I was a junior going off to Austria to compete in the World Championships. I think at that point I was a reserve. And we had this, um, the feature there was really horrible. It was re- uh, this hole that was super attentive and was super gnarly and everyone was swimming out of it and it was atrocious but and me being reserved meant I didn't have to compete which was great but my dad was still like you must train with the rest of the team so I was thrown in there at the deep end and it was awful but so that was my experience of the first world championships but the free, my, my freestyle then took me all over the world piking uh, rivers um, not only freestyle but river running as well and amazing journey brilliant and it's funny because it's not funded very well freestyle it wasn't back then it's definitely improved a lot, but we it's not Olympic discipline, so a lot of freestyle kayakers would be self-funded, sponsorship, but a way of staying close to the rivers and be able to train would be to work on the river. And that kind of ties into where my rafting career started, I guess. And where are you based now, John? Where's home? So, yeah, a lot of people ask me this because I'm, I'm in North Wales quite a lot, and then I'm over in the lakes and, and Scotland, every now and then. But I'm actually based in the Midlands, not far from home Pierpont and uh, Matlock. So Matlock's little grade one, two river, really nice for kind of uh, for rafting float float trips or intro to whitewater, that sort of stuff. Perfect, actually, for the new introduction to whitewater course, the one day, I think, it'd be brilliant down in Matlock. So that sort of thing. So excited to run those there. Um, and then obviously the freestyle mecca of Home Pierpont just down the road, which is nice to have that. But obviously they do a lot of rafting there as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so base there, it's quite nice because it's only kind of a couple of hours from Wales, from the lakes. You know, it's not too far from Scotland. So, yeah works well brilliant yeah you've you've obviously alluded to it because you know today we're actually going to be focused on whitewater rafting so you know we're we're going to be asking you well what do you carry in your buoyancy when you guide and also you know what, what do you pack into your raft and how do you pack it can you just give a bit of a flavor on on 
a bit of your paddling in in Ross? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So moved up to, from London, moved to Nottingham fairly quickly because freestyle worked really well at Nottingham, and then there was obviously rafting happening there. So I did a rafting training course when I was seventeen with Chris Walker and Tim Volume. Uh, so if there's any old school rafters listening, they'll know who they are. And uh, at the time, uh, my girlfriend at the time. Uh, I was like, you should do this raft course. You earn money and you, well, we can like live here and that'll work. I was like, oh, rafting, really? I'm like freestyle through and through. But did the training course and then quickly fell in love with, with rafting, actually. And I think if you were to ask me why, I think it's because I got so many, so much enjoyment from paddling white water. It was so amazing. It was brilliant. And to be able to introduce people into that environment and see them enjoy it, I was like, this is really cool. And I think that was, I think, well, I've thought about it quite a bit. And I thought, I think that's actually the fundamental reason why I, I really enjoy rafting is because you can introduce people that would never normally get into that environment. Or if they do, it would be like a year's process. You know, they would have to learn to kayak and, then to, to do, and there's the whole rolling element and it's miserable in the winter and it's cold and it puts people off. But with whitewater rafting, you could be within, you know, within 30 minutes, you can be on some really cool white water and people loving it. And so, so yeah, and it all started in Nottingham. And then from there, I met some um, some really cool people that trained me, uh, Matt Blue being one of them, a, a mentor of mine. And from, from there, encouraged me to go abroad. Um, so I did, I went abroad and did some rafting, obviously with it, this worked in conjunction with when I was training freestyle as well. So some of the places that I went to do freestyle also had rafting companies so I could work on the river rafting and also safety kayaking and all that sort of stuff. So it all tied in really well. I would come back to Nottingham just so I could get a bit back, back into the UK, see family, see friends, blah, blah, and then, and then away again. So, so really good. So done quite a bit around Europe over in, in the States, um, and in Canada. Uh, so North America over on the Nile um, in Uganda as well. Managed to get out to New Zealand um, and do a bits out there and um, all, all over the place, uh, rafting, kayaking, very fun. And that, that's why you're here, John. And you know, John's also the the chair of the rafting technical group for British Canoeing Award in Bali and uh, helps out on a huge, huge amounts on the development of the uh, rafting guide qualifications. So with such extensive background let's peer into your buoyancy aid then john so when you are raft guiding what do you carry in your buoyancy aid okay here we go so there's something that we it's called a flip line <laughs> okay but actually it's a, it's a tape piece of um so an open-ended sling with a carabiner on the end so everyone should know what that is uh but for rafting we call it a flip line and it's funny because i was doing a whitewater leader training course on the weekend and there was a raft guide on it and I was like, oh, so what, what's in your buoyancy? He's like, I've got my flip line. I'm like, yeah, it's a piece of tape with a sling though, isn't it? A piece of tape with a carabiner on it. So slightly different application, you would be using a flip line for kayaking. But yeah, so if, if your raft goes upside down, then obviously it's quite a large vessel. So you would get on top of it um, and then you clip in to the perimeter line, the rope that runs around the edge of the raft. And then you can, you can lean back and pull on the flip line and that would ride the boat. So pretty essential really. If you haven't got one of those in your pocket, and the raft flips, you're kind of stuck. The boat's upside down, really, and that's that's not not that's not ideal. So, so that's really important. So, one of those and ca carabiners—they're just really handy for for lots of things, aren't they? So, um, so I'll carry a couple of spare ones of those as well. Uh, a knife, could you carry rope? So, and, and probably people that are, that paddle white water are probably thinking, oh yeah, this is pretty similar actually to what uh, to what we do and what we carry on our buoyancy aid. You know, but I said, I've started lately, I've started carrying a bit more kind of snacky stuff, some some food. I'm running a lot. I run a lot of courses at the moment. And you'll know that sometimes it's quite difficult to get your calories in. And so I do I do carry kind of protein bars now as well. 
And actually, lately, I've been opening my zip in my pocket more to get a protein bar out than anything else <laughs> um, as well. So, so yeah, that, that's really important. I'll keep doing that, actually, because it's really helping keeping energy up on the river. Um, I think that's that, that's really important. The other thing that I carry is, and I get out quite a bit of my phone as well, mainly for pictures, I must admit, <laughs> pictures and video. But yeah, so find somewhere that I can get my phone out. And I've actually got this cool little uh, bungee thing that I can attach. So at the times I've got my phone out and it's dropped on my, you know, and I'm just like, well, that's lucky it didn't sink. So I've got this little cool little bungee thing that uh, means that if I do drop it, then at least it's not going in the river and sinking to the bottom. Uh, so that's nice. But yeah, phone out. And I've been using it quite a lot. I use that a lot to take photos. And it's really nice because the photos, there's kind of date and time stamped and location. And then when you refer back to say you use a river app to look at levels, you can have a look and go, oh, what level was it that day that I was on the river? And so phones super, super handy uh on the river, especially smartphones, unbelievable, um, for, for capturing all sorts of data when you're on the river. So I, I use that a lot. So food and my phone, which is not to do similar to when I'm off the river to run. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Cool. And so, you know, you talk about a flip line. What length of tape are you using? So I'm using a five, five meter, which is quite long, actually. You can get away with, for flip line, you can get away with something quite a lot shorter. Mm -hmm. It just, this is just what I've got on me at the moment and it works. But obviously because it's a, a piece of tape, there's loads of other applications for it as well. So for setting up an anchor, for example, for rafting, you know, they're big, heavy, heavy beasts. And so uh, if we need to put a lot of force through them, we need, when we're looking for anchors, we sometimes like to wrap tape around multiple times and then maybe pull off a few strands of that instead of just going off one. So something long like that helps. Uh, you have to be quite careful with, with long pieces of tape for flip lines because obviously when you pull the raft and it's the right way up and you're in the water with it, it's a long piece of tape clipped into a piece of rope and you're in the water with it. So you have got to bear that in mind as well because sometimes it can kind of get in the way a little bit. So. Uh, and then we see a lot of lot of rafters going down the rivers and we do see that quite a lot of people wear a throw line on a belt on on the back is that something you do yes yeah most definitely yeah yeah carry um carry a throw line on a belt you may, may also see rafts with the throw lines clipped on to the raft we, we tend to and you know that that happens as well the likelihood is if that's the situation is that the throw bag that's on the raft is for use for something different to throw bagging so that um obviously it's quite easy to separate from your raft <laughs> um especially on a flip or you know you could fall out if you're separated um or even just eddying out and getting onto the bank and having to run upstream or downstream and it's really nice to have your your bag with you on your on your person mm. um so you can't forget it so you've always got it with you so that's that's why we carry it on a on a belt it's obviously on a quick release system as well cool. so um going into the raft then is obviously you're looking after you know how many sort of you know people are you looking after in, in the raft and then obviously how do you look after them with additional kit yeah so that chops and changes there's some really you know some some staples that we, we always carry with us much the way any leader would on a river so you'd you know you'd have that dry bag with you know your first aid kit in it and uh, you know other bits of leadership style stuff but it can change depending on on the river some more technical rivers where there's a chance that the raft could be pit, get pinned and wrapped on rocks we may carry a bigger thicker line so maybe like a 60 meter piece of rope and that would be a canyon line so floating rope you know we talk these things you know rafts are really heavy <laughs> they're really heavy things and, and especially if they wrap around a rock and water 
is forced onto them and because they're inflatable you know they're not rigid they they fold <laughs> and they do wrap so so sometimes when you get some when you're in a situation like that it can be really really difficult to to get the boat off and you need some quite heavy hardware so a canyon line is really useful where we wouldn't probably carry one is like a high volume run down the river d for example where you're, you're less likely to to uh, get into a situation where your boat is, is kind of wrapped around the rocks and like that so some people so some guides may choose to carry one all the time it's just in their kit and that's what they do so in rafting we have trip leaders and they would uh, they generally are in charge of the flotilla of rafts if it's just one raft they be a trip leader on the water to raft to be a trip leader and a raft guide um so a trip leader would be the person that may carry that within their their items on the raft themselves not every single raft may choose to carry a big piece of rope like that but there might be most definitely one on a more technical river if you're out away from infrastructure out where it's more, more difficult to get to a road or uh, transport or your shuttle vehicle or your base you might decide to carry group shelter as well uh, maybe some warm clothes especially this time of year obviously depending depending on what your clients are wearing as well like if in iceland for example the clients get dry suits which mm. is pretty amazing in the uk it's all wetsuit based stuff so people can get quite chilly especially if you have an incident where people are waiting on the side of the river for a little while for a shuttle or something like that so just something to keep people warm is important thankfully we're never too far away in the uk maybe less so in scotland um, england the wales are never too far away from infrastructure so your shuttle bus your base a road something like that so you won't find in the uk as much is one raft with just gear Whereas abroad, you might find that they have a raft dedicated just to carrying equipment and stuff, especially on multi-day trips. Yeah. Um, and the beauty of rafts is they're super buoyant, they're big, and you can just strap loads of loads of stuff into them. Um, but yeah, in the UK, they're usually two-hour, three-hour max trips. So um, we don't need to be carrying food and drinks and, and all that sort of stuff with us. So quite yeah. light. And John, you just um, you just said you know, you strap you strap stuff in. And I was going to ask about that, you know, you know, because some other disciplines talk about leashes and lashing, and then and also loose as well. What what tends to happen within a raft? Yeah, so obviously we you know you know we we follow the the clean line principle like it like every other discipline, but we tr we obviously try to keep all, try to keep the stuff we stir in our boats away from customers as much as we can. So as a guide, you're at the back. Generally, the back of the boat is where you'd have your bag. And that would be that would be strapped in and you'll probably see next time you go you go out and you go on a river and you see some rafts you want all manner of ways of cat of, of, of stowing equipment but roof rack straps work quite well some people they'll they'll just cut them down to size mm -hmm. and you can um wrap those around a thwart at the back of the boat and then you can clip into the into the roof rack straps something like that there are uh, a couple of companies that make rafting specific bags um so they have these nice bags with straps on that you can wrap around a thwart and then pull them tight and then you've got the bag that you can open put loads of stuff in and get it what you want is the stuff that you need in there and you need, might, might, might need it quickly to better get it out quickly that sort of thing but yeah we, we, we try to minimize loops as, as much as we can especially because we've got customers on our raft that don't know what, what a clean line is <laughs> you know and so we we've got to make sure that we uh yeah we keep we keep we keep it tidy yeah and what's what's in the top of your bag then so you know you said you know things that you might need instantly what do you pack last because i'd imagine whatever you pack last is the it's the first thing you can get your hands on yeah well it can it kind of kind of changes really i mean a lot of the time personally a lot of the time i don't I don't ever open my bag <laughs> you know on a commercial trip i just it just doesn't need it doesn't happen you know um the things that i get need to get out quickly would be or on my person 
Yeah. So my, you know, my phone, um, a carabiner, that sort of stuff. On some rivers, you know, we have incidents where, you know, you may want the first aid kit fairly, fairly close to hand. You may need, if you have a situation where you've got a boat pinned, you might need to get like a wrap kit out. Some rafting operators will keep a, a like a pre-made wrap kit. So like a pig rig, like a, a three to one system where it's already set up and then it can, it can be clipped into a main line that's going from the from the raft to the to, to the bank to the anchor point and that's where you'd you know you'd look to use your canyon line so if you if you're on a river that there's sometimes regularly boats are getting stuck you might find that there is there is that stuff pretty close to hand as well i, I think i'd question if people are getting that stuff out a lot then that would be um a question for the opera the operation itself and the trip leader uh really uh, if you're getting boats stuck a lot but um spare paddle as well we always take it we take a spare paddle on the river and it might not be that you know not not particularly the guide has dropped their paddle but customers you know they, they drop paddles and if you end up with a flip or a high side where you have multiple customers falling out then largely they don't let they don't hold on to their paddle they kind of let go of that and it would it just be the one the one spare paddle yeah what one spare usually does it again that kind of trip leader might take that um so you quite often if you see a if you see a flotilla of rafts going down stream um you'll see kind of raft the rafts the, ind the independent rafts and they probably won't have any very little very little and if they do it'll be that guide's personal preference to carry something like that and then you'll, you'll notice the trip leader boat because it's that's the boat with kit so that will be the boat that has a spare paddle would be the boat that has the tl bag has the first aid kit and that has the group shelter and that has the canyon line and that has the wrap kit and that sort of thing um so you can always spot a trip leader on the river because they're the, usually the boat with this bit more laden at the back with some stuff and, and would their line be different to the other rafts yeah because it's carrying all critical kit it can be most definitely yeah yeah so uh, for example some of the some uh, abroad uh where i've rafted where i've rafted abroad um there would be a boat that was dedicated just to kit like a um and that mainly an oar boat so there will be a, a a raft the same same as the other boats the same size can be can be different size but generally the same size but they'll have a like a center mounted frame that's strapped to the boat so it sits in the center with oars mm -hmm. and that that person could act as safety a safety boat but could also be carrying the trip leader kit so where, where i've tl'd abroad um i've not personally carried the tl kit but it's been in it's been in the oar boat because yeah. why not it's a massive raft it's got loads of space in it and at that point they may choose to take a different line uh down some of the rapids that may be a less flippy line or a less you know, a, a line that's a little bit easier potentially the nice thing about that option is that if you have got some customers that might be a bit apprehensive they could go in the oar boat and purposely take a different line down a rapid for example sometimes there's no option they just do and you know the, the, you see the, the people on the oars you know they're very very experienced at, at that so yeah i bet that's abroad we don't really have oars in the uk so i made in scotland mm -hmm. definitely more stern mounted oars so the the frame is is at the back and the, the customers are, pa are paddling but the guide instead of having a paddle um has a set of oars and they steer provide momentum in a row using paddles at the back so yeah there, there's uh, outfits in uh, scotland that um that use stern mounts any other kit that you might carry in your raft or is that is that mainly yeah, probably, that's mainly it on my person actually there's a few little bits that i carry extra so a part of like your kind of your wrap kit is um prosics and pulleys so something that makes up a wrap kit would be obviously rope 
pulleys process. And we we use pulleys a lot in rafting, again, going back to weight, how, how heavy these boats are. So when we are setting up our mechanical advantage systems, we need as much help as we can. And so we will carry, we'll carry, we'll use pulleys quite a bit. So I'll have on my person enough to be able to set up at least a three to one mechanical advantage system on my, in my buoyancy, between my buoyancy aid and my guide, my throw line belt also has a little pouch on it. So in there I can, I can stow a carabiner, a pulley and a prosic in, in there, another carabiner, another pulley, another prosic in my buoyancy aid. My flip line has a carabiner on, maybe a spare carabiner, end up being quite heavy. <laughs> Yes. Yes. So all that metal work doesn't lend itself very well to floating, I guess. But I've got a good buoyancy, so it's okay. So I float quite well. But it's a thing to consider for sure. As an experienced raft guide, what what type of carabiners and what type of pulleys are you? Have you, you know, gone yeah, down? down you. Yeah. Down. Yeah. Good ones. <laughs> Mainly. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So the HMS style, kind of pear shaped ones, they're really handy. And always go screw gate but it's personally for me always go screw gate just in rafting you know we clip in and we screw it up and, and that's it just to avoid other things unnecessarily getting clipped in or the thing popping off especially through when you're setting up systems um if you have got a boat that's stuck so screw gate carabiners and then pulleys we generally look at prosit minding pulleys right um so they've got a little flat so instead of being instead of the wheel the body of the pulley being rounded like the wheel, there'll be the wheel and there'll be a flat edge. And when you're setting up a, a uh, we're getting quite techy now, when you're setting up a mechanical advantage system, pulley, the prosthetic minded pulley does the job of someone that would ha otherwise have to hold the prosthetic open to allow the rope to slide through the prosthetic. So that that's nice. So prosthetic minded pulleys, yeah. And ones that have got bearings in. Okay. Um, so they're usually a little bit more expensive, a little bit more techy in that respect. But if I'm going to put a pulley in a system, I want it to work and I want it to be efficient. And so a pulley that's got bearings in, a prosthetic minding pulley, it doesn't matter where I put it in the system then, it's prosthetic minding, even if it doesn't need to be. I just carry prosthetic minding pulleys, it kind of works that way. And then you did talk about a, um, a canyoning rope, didn't you? Uh, and you said, I think you said 60 metres. What's what's the diameter? So the conveyor, generally you're looking at no less than kind of 12. Okay. mill um for that it's usually quite quite thick then you have to obviously consider your prosecs with that as well the yeah. diameter of your prosecs you don't want that eating into your rope and bits and bobs like that i think the length is important generally the diameter of those canny lines are all pretty similar but um i actually used a 40 meter the other day and surprising how quickly you run out of rope even using 40 meters it you generally through setting up scenarios or training sessions where you're doing a tension diagonal and 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 that sort of stuff but it doesn't take especially tension diagonals because obviously you're going across the river at an angle it doesn't take a lot for suddenly a rope to be oh, all right okay 40 meters so yeah i've got a 40 meter and a 60 meter and generally the 60 meter is good good for everything yeah because um, i'd imagine i'd imagine you know the different personalities of rivers you know a wider stretch of river you're probably going to opt for the 60 um, yeah. rather than a, you know, a tight technical river in the uk yeah, most definitely. Yeah, yeah. We also just thinking about on the raft itself. When we talk about ropes, we also use bow and stern lines. Um, yeah. So they're but like I've got painters on a canoe, basically. We just call them bow and stern lines, and they're wrapped onto the the, the front and the back of the boat. We can use them to set up systems, um, but generally they're they're there to be able to you can just jump off the back or the front of your raft and hold the raft. You can, you can use that if you need to lower the your boat down something. You can use that, um, and they're usually a couple of lengths of the 
the boat in terms of length of the raft. So it depends on the length of your boat that you use. Uh, uh, so there's quite a lot of rope going on. Isn't there? there is there is a lot of rope, isn't there? There's but, a lot of rope, yeah, thinking about it, yeah. yeah. As you said, it's, um, the raft can cope with weight. Yeah, that's the thing. It's heavy. So they're heavy boats. And so the hardware carries generally quite beefy stuff, quite heavy stuff. Uh, you know, um, rope that's not super strong and it's not very long won't won't last very very long during a, if you're having to pull a boat off. and sometimes you sometimes even with the best gear in the world you have to wait for the river to drop <laughs> for you to come back and get your boat you know otherwise you start breaking stuff but we you know we, we, we carry it just in case and over the and, and that's because over the years that's experience of people going onto rivers things happening and gone hmm really could have done with this longer rope or really could have done with this this and this and so you know and, and it's kind of developed that way really but in the UK, in, yeah, generally in the UK, we don't pack our boats. Yeah. We don't need we don't need to carry loads on the on the river. We don't have like the multi day options that they do over uh, overseas. So, John, really good insight to what you carry in terms of into in your buoyancy aid, including the protein bars, and obviously all the different types of kit that you you carry within the raft. Got two questions for you. Um, didn't didn't prep for these at all, John. So, uh, what's the what's the best rafting river in the UK? Oh, <laughs> I only get those text messages after this, don't I? Yeah. What's the best rafting river? Be controversial in the UK. Yeah. Okay. So, I think when the <laughs> I think when the tunnel's running, it's very good. Mm-hmm. I think that is pretty epic. And because <laughs> if I don't say the D or the Tuaron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but both of those. Uh, yeah, I think for kind of tight technical, but, but then the Findhorn's also good, and then the Gorge, and that's going as well. That's good as well. Yeah, and John, you only have one. And the Bran, that's you good. As well. Yeah, I really like the Bran actually. Okay. Yeah, I, I really like the Bran. I like the way it builds up, you know, um, and it's 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 quite technical, and and then you've just got these beautiful kind of grade four sections towards the end there, and. The, that's it's really nice i think and and the, and for, for customers that's important because well i think it's important for customers because of the experience of them buzzing off it because you get off on a high and you, if you're on a river where you build up to it you can train the crew you can profile them you can coach them if need be like well guys your get downs needs to be quicker your, your overs need to be quicker your paddle strokes need to be like this da, 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 da. and you don't want to be starting off on some really big stuff when you're yeah. trying to coach your crew right? and some rivers are like that you know to be on it right on the right at the start so those rivers that build up and, and finish kind of on a high everyone gets off like absolutely buzzing they're loving it great and john last question what's what rivers on your tick list for rafting and why okay so i want to i've not done the grand canyon so i want to do the canyon with my family so i've got a young family two-year-old and five-year-old and my wife as well and she loves she loves rafting she loves kayaking as well and you know i've scared myself a lot on river <laughs> on rivers um it's good that's good and i still you know it's, i think it's important to to keep pushing that's good but i think i'd really really enjoy a family trip when they're old enough they're too young now when they're old enough and to do the the canyon because it's a bucket list must do i think lovely lovely well john thanks very much for your time and uh, really appreciate you spending uh, a bit of a bit of time to talk around your experience, your highly experienced raft guide, and how you go about getting yourself up ready to lead. So thanks very much. No worries, Lee. Thank you. Thank you. Take care.
Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. Remember to review, rate and subscribe. Bye for now.